this is Hillary Crowley and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. It's so nice to have you back on this map of the chakras. We're traveling through the map of the chakras from the first to the seventh and we've landed at the fourth, which is the heart energy. And before I go any further, I want to give a beautiful tribute and thank you to everybody who is supporting Black Lives Matter. We are at a moment in history um, that shall be foundational. May we never go backwards from here in terms of our awareness and our growth. Um, I don't have a lot to say in a sentence or two. I have a lot to say in terms of my actions moving forward as a white woman. I've had a lot to say along the way. And one of the things that I'm really proud of that I love about myself is that I am not afraid to speak out and reach out. And I'm going to become less afraid to speak out and reach out. And I am deeply embracing the messages of the growth that's happening here. The awareness that it's okay to make mistakes as our heart is breaking, some of us. And for those of us whose heart is not breaking, that you can move from the fixed mindset to the growth mindset and know that it's okay to have your heart break, to feel your pain, your shame, your old beliefs, and be okay with having a change of heart. There's the heart chakra. It's okay to have a change of heart for those who haven't been living in their heart. And those of us who have been living in our heart, this phenomenal moment where we come together as a world in the name of justice and equality. And I can only live as a white woman, but I can live as a human. And I can speak out and reach out and change the foundation of my life, of my community, and my world. Uh, Recently, in the last few years, we had another life-changing moment around Me Too. And the Me Too movement said if you have felt victim of sexual assault in any way, shape, or form, it's no longer time to keep it a secret. Just raise your spiritual hand in spirit or in front of everybody and just say, me too. And it turns out a lot of us needed to say, me too. And out of that movement, We also had the fixed mindset melting away or shaking up a little bit. And the fixed mindset is a place where we live, where we stay small, small minded, small hearted, like the Grinch and say, I can't look at this because I've done harm and I don't want to look at how I've done harm. And if I don't look at how I've done harm, I can keep doing harm and I'm going to stay small. 
and I'm going to stay fixed. The growth mindset says, I'm going to look at how I've done harm and I'm going to speak out and I'm going to reach out and I'm going to not be afraid of the feelings I have to feel in the process of making mistakes and feeling shame. And I'm going to find a way to do better. We talk about the growth mindset and the fixed mindset on so many levels, but maybe we should be calling it the growth heart set and the, and the fixed heart set. Because if we live too much up in our head, we get involved in language and judging and intellect and all of that feels like rigid obstacles to change and growth and moving forward beyond our own trauma. I had an experience that I want to talk about as I'm talking about the heart chakra. First of all, um, I want to remind anyone who's been listening to this series on the chakras that in the first chakra, I was uh, the first chakra episode, I was talking about how while I was teaching a first chakra uh, class, uh, I was doing seven weeks and it was lot, you know, it was in person <laughs> and uh, we would gather and it was a lot of us. I think it was about 30 people in my class, which was plenty for the studio I was working out of. And we had an introduction and then we came back and I said, it's it, today's the day we're going to talk about the first chakra, but apparently it's going to be fairly easy for everyone to feel the first chakra because in the time from the Sunday that I was teaching the class to the Sunday that we were gathering again, it was um, Boston Marathon Monday and we had the bombing that year and the whole entire community of New England was wrapped around safety and justice and tragedy and traumatization, not necessarily in that order. We also had elements of martial law. We talked about that as like the shadow of the first chakra uh, where no one was allowed to leave their house and how everybody was rallying to bring in the bad guy. So that's the first chakra energy, very much about safety and groups coming together, even this, the first chakra shadow, dangerous part of first chakra would be mob mentality. So all of that uh, was first chakra that I talked about. So here, it turns out, I couldn't be in a better moment of history today to be talking about heart chakra, to be here on this fourth chakra. So here we are. Uh, talking about the fourth chakra. And I want to talk from trauma for a moment because trauma tends to leave us in the victim modality and abuse tends to happen from the vic victim mindset. So victim mindset means that you were traumatized to a point where you went into a fixed mindset. So instead of saying, how did this life experience, how do we heal this life experience, and how does this grow my compassion, grow my wisdom, 
grow my surviving and thriving aspect of myself. It says, how do I make sure that nothing like this ever happens to me again? How small can my mind get? How small can my heart get? Um, If you want to think about the character in literature, think about the Grinch. Uh, The Grinch hoarded, was isolated, was abusive to his only friend too, uh, which was his dog, who was actually, I seem to remember, not only his friend, but his transportation. Just cruel, cruel, small-minded, small-hearted, isolated one who, yes, he lives up high, but it's cold and it's um, isolated. And while he's looking down on everybody in the valley, he is looking down with anger, seething anger. So what I wanted to talk about was the very delicate growing of the heart and how our heart grows through the difficult times. Our heart grows through heartbreaks. Um, I had a dog. I don't like to say, like, I, I never like to say I'm the owner of a dog, except when I have to go into town and license my dog and I have to claim as an owner. Like, I feel like I'm existing with the dog. I, I, I don't feel like there's any hierarchy there beyond, you know, what our agreed upon living arrangement is. Um, so Huck and I were doing life together. This is my dog. And he had a pretty beautiful life uh, in terms of activities every day, freedom to come and go, uh, really lots of love and comfort and um, just care. So the part of our family. And one cold day, my dog Huck went on a very long, a three hour, very cold day, very deep snow, cross country ski uh, journey out our back door. And Huck never came home because Huck was hit by a train. When Huck finally got to the area where there was no snow, which was the train tracks, he didn't want to leave that area. Uh, There are all sorts of theories about a train can be coming and that can mesmerize and um, uh, like paralyze the dog's nervous system um, because it could have been a high, high pitched sound. There's no way of knowing why the dog did not jump away from the train, but he didn't and he was killed. And my husband uh, was calling for the dog and witnessed the death and it was horrific Um, I was talking to a child psychologist a couple days later, concerned about the mental health of my entire family, having experienced that level of loss, and my husband in particular, experiencing that level of trauma. And she explained something to me about trauma. And it feels relevant now as we talk about whether we grow from this or we stay fixed from this. And by this, I mean the Black Lives Matter movement right now, which is to speak up more and reach out more and never 
allow for the blindness of inequality um, to be normalized ever again. So because I believe that those of us who we're all traumatized in different ways and those of us who respond in a way that leaves us stuck are the ones who will not be speaking out and reaching out. They're going to be the ones who say, don't speak. Let's go silent. Let's go back to silence. And we're realizing silence doesn't work. Time's up. Time's up. Time is up with that. So while I was sitting with um, this child psychologist who's savvy, smart woman, I said, I'm concerned. I think my husband has PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. He doesn't look like he's ever going to be the same. He's shaken to the bone. He's um, he's wondering what he could have done better. Um, he's wondering if he could have saved the dog. He's uh, reliving it over and over in his head, which we all know that means the amygdala is playing it over and over again and wondering how he could have done it better and wondering how he could re- reverse this, this horrible tragedy. And she asked me one simple question. She said, did your husband participate, actively participate in the harm of your dog Huckleberry? And I said, no, he actively participated in trying to rescue the dog. He actively participated in um, helping the dog have a great life, taking the dog out for awesome exercise and fun and love. And he actively was trying to get to those train tracks to rescue the dog. And after the dog died, he held the dog and carried the dog and was 100% part of the effort for that dog to feel safe, rescued and loved. It just didn't work out that well. She said, he won't have PTSD in the way that we understand PTSD. I said, well, why not? And she said, because research is coming in and granted this was, I'd say six or seven years ago. So the research was coming in six or seven years ago. The people who are truly stuck in trauma is because they cannot list off that they were not participating in the event, the horrific tragedy itself. So standing by is a form of participating in your own trauma. Standing by a tragedy is your, I'll repeat it, standing by a tragedy and just allowing a loss, an accident, a horrific um, injustice to take place because it wouldn't have been an accident. I'm thinking of something, you know, less violent. Um, If you had just, you know, said, oh, wait, let me intervene here because I see this coming. You don't sit back and just voyeur on it. It wouldn't have been um, a crime of violence if you had gotten involved and cared um, and interceded and, let me say it again, reached out and spoke spoke out, spoke you speaking out, spoken out. So there's one way that you can be sure to traumatize yourself is being silent and not reaching out and speaking out. 
And soldiers of military are in an interesting uh, conundrum here because that's why the PTSD is so they're actively believing that they are not participating in the doing of harm because they don't have a choice. They don't have that ability to, they have to follow, they're following orders, um, which is what our head is telling us. Now we're getting into the heart to speak out or reach out, but that doesn't follow the rules of how the human body and the human spirit and the human heart and human consciousness works. So the PTSD that we're seeing from um, military veterans happens oftentimes because their very assignments make them participants in tragedies and traumas. And the case that she pointed out was a gentleman who was standing at a checkpoint doing absolutely nothing wrong except following orders and being at a checkpoint. Um, a child with a um, bomb strapped to him walked to this up to the soldier. The soldier survived. The child did not. And the effect on this soldier um, was lifelong. And as horrible as the whole entire scene is, which was described to me the way it was described to you. So I'm not going to go into more details because I don't know the details. But as horrible as that entire scene was, the soldier could heal if the soldier was actively there to help that five-year-old, to bring that five-year-old resources and, um, and the family and to make sure that everybody is on an understanding and that we're all growing together. And maybe the soldier doesn't even need to be even in that area. But the soldier was there in that area for purposes that did not care about that five-year-old's community and did not save or rescue that five-year-old. And that poor little five-year-old um, died, and he knows that his simple existence in that role of soldier um, led to that child's death. So he was not actively doing anything to kill that child, but he also wasn't actively doing anything to rescue that child. If you do things to actively rescue others, you're rescuing your own soul. You're rescuing your own heart. I think we see this in ancient text. And as you're doing that, you that does follow with kind of the rules of healing, which is trauma is how we re respond to a tragic incident. And trauma gets stuck when we don't respond by speaking out and reaching out. I wish that soldier well. It's a beautiful teaching example. And I have no doubt that if he's working through PTSD, that will be a way of growing or healing. So we have the mindset of the growth mindset that can be avoided um, unfortunately, and, and just stay in the fixed mindset because we're not ready to look at our own traumas. So in case anyone's wondering 
with my 20 years experience of looking at the human heart and working, if anyone's wondering what I'm thinking or what I'm knowing and the closed door conversations I've had with hundreds and hundreds of people on issues that are incredibly private, I will find that I, when I meet up with people who express racist ideas, I do speak out and reach out. And I also will tell you, and this is an and, not a but, that show me somebody who has a fixed mindset and I'll show you somebody not healed by trauma. It might not be related to racism at all. It might be related to sexual um, trauma, um, sexual abuse, um, childhood abuse, adverse childhood experiences. You can have a trauma. It's not a badge that you get to wear your whole life. There are so many resources out there where we can keep healing trauma. And right now, I believe this is a collective trauma healing. I don't know. I don't want it to ever end because trauma healing is constant. It's part of how we grow. I posted on Instagram this week um, a quote from a session. And I don't think it's the most original quote, I'll be honest with you, but it's I think it needs to be said. Um, when your heart is breaking, let it break. Let it break wide open because that's how we grow. When your heart is breaking, let it break. Let it break. Let it break wide open because that's how we grow. That's the case for marriages, relationships, family. I have a lot of very, very tender moments, um, fragile eggshells that haven't broken open yet. And when they do, I'm going to grow. So when your heart is ready to break, let it break. If your heart is forced to break, let it break. Just make sure you know it's breaking wide open. Grief, let it break wide open. Don't miss that. Don't miss that moment to let your heart break wide open because that's how we grow. And growing is the growth mindset. So here we are with the growth mindset. And in researching for this um, episode, I uh, had a song in my head. It's a funny thing about me. Um, I have this way of giving songs their own titles. Um, I don't really, I guess it goes back to like my radio days when you just like listen to a song, like, what was that song? And you just say, oh, whatever, like the little, the little chorus was, is um, what I would normally remember. But in this case, um, I remember the, the first line in the song. And I assigned the first line in the song um, to be the the absolute title of the song, which it isn't. the The actual song is um, called "Being Simple," but the um, first line of the song is what I thought was the title of the song, which is "Hearts Cannot Be Broken." Um, it's from a band called the Judy Bats. They're an alternative uh, rock band from the early '90s. I had to look it up. I had never heard of the Judy Bats, but I'm a fan of their songs, uh, this song in particular. I hadn't heard this song um, 
in a very long time, early 90s one. We're, gosh, we're coming up to 30 years. Oh, gosh, time, time, time. So 1993 is when the song came out. And I love the song. I never forgot it. And um, 93 was an interesting year, definitely a year of heartbreak for me. So maybe that was another reason why I remember the song. But hearts cannot be broken. They're small, squishy things. That was the first line. Hearts cannot be broken. They're small, squishy things. They don't break like glass, but they bruise easily. All right. So I, if you'd asked me to quote that lyric directly, I would have said, hearts cannot be broken. They're squishy, mushy things. And then it says that it would say something about how they're not glass. They're not clay. They can't smash. They're not pottery. So I kind of remembered it correctly. Uh, look it up. It's a, it's a, it's a catchy song. If you can find your way back into the alternative rock era of the early nineties for a minute. Actually, it's a really beautiful music video too. Good job, Judy Bats, wherever you are. Hearts cannot be broken. They're small, squishy things. So the heart chakra is not the physical heart. But I get his point, right? The heart cannot be broken. The heart cannot be broken. All I hear is that the heart breaks wide open. And every time our heart breaks, I believe it gets stronger. Every time it gets challenged, it gets stronger if we allow it to be so. So that as we grow through our lives, we grow our hearts. And you see people at different times of their life having stronger fortitude, have a stronger sense of themselves because their heartbreak grew them forward. We talk a lot about that on the map of the chakras, growing forward, how we're moving forward. Hearts cannot be broken. They are small, squishy things. <laughs> ah, I love that imagery because I think I felt, I felt in my life so many times, we feel so many times even in our days now, the, the, the sharp edges of what feels like broken glass in our chest. And that's just the heart breaking wide open. Uh, I, I wonder a bit, you know, as we, we think about how important um, the heart energy is, we have to remember that this is where the breath lives too. And going back to Black Lives Matter, and by the way, going back to the pandemic that's um, the context of Black Lives Matter, kids out of school, colleges out, people having time to pay attention, um, people moving home, maybe working through some of their heart-opening traumas. I know that I've been more in touch with my family of origin um, through this than I would have been otherwise. So I can only imagine how much uh, people have been traveling, you know, back through the highways of their lives, making connections, finding closure, and being ready for this moment. So, um, so as we all come together, we, we're breathing and 
the, the, the term, the expression that's resonating is George Floyd's cry out, his cry out, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And that's also the cry out for people when they're being attacked uh, by the COVID. They often say, come pick me up, 911, I can't breathe. So here we have it, the breath, I can't breathe. And a man asphyxiated, murdered, and while he couldn't breathe, he cried out and said, I can't breathe. So here we are in honor of this moment, breathing. That's heart chakra. It's not lung chakra. It's not called lung chakra. It could be. It's the fourth chakra. It's the heart chakra. It's called breathing. Anyone who's ever taken a CPR class, I'm having a moment where I'm realizing that I think every police officer takes a CPR class so they know how to save somebody's life. They know how to save somebody's life. But I've also taken a CPR class and you open the airways and there are two areas that need to be addressed in CPR, both of the heart chakra. It's air to the lungs and pumping of the heart. So heart chakra has everything to do with our actual survival. It is where we live. And so why wouldn't that be the wisest, most intelligent part of our body? I'm trying so hard today to speak from my heart chakra. It is hard though, because I have to keep bringing it up into words. (laughs) When I do my energy healing, I go into silence and I can just reach out. Um, The hands, hands are part of the heart chakra. Don't ever forget that. When we write with our hands, we can be speaking directly from our heart. We can be creative. We can be um, writing about justice. We can be writing about sorrow. Um, We can be creative by that. I mean, creating new stories. All of that can come straight from heart intelligence. There's an exercise that I've learned where it's it's a shamanic practice where you drop your consciousness into your chest area as if you don't have a head at all. You just mush yourself right into that that chest area and you live from there. And in doing so, um, you make yourself a vehicle of healing rather than, I don't know, a columnist, a commentator. You know, that's what I'm saying when I'm doing an episode or a podcast. I'm trying to just be in the vehicle of healing energy, but I also have to be a commentator, right? I also have to be speaking, um, like reading the news from my heart. (laughs) So think about CPR, take a CPR course. It's a really good idea to take a CPR course to know that if you can, if you walk around, you can be part of a healing. 
Uh, but it also allows you to focus for a day or so, however long it takes you to get your certification on the heart chakra and know that feeling of pushing and pulsing the heartbeat back into a human body and know what it feels like to be trying to help somebody live. It's the opposite of murder, the opposite of murder. Try it. It's good. It's not traumatizing. It's saying, I did everything I could to participate in the solving of a problem rather than perpetuating problem. And now we're realizing that standing by and being silent makes you a participant in the tragedy. It makes you a participant in the injustice. So CPR is a really nice way to be ready if anyone's choking or has a heart attack. You can be a you can be a helper. As Mr. Rogers says, look for the helpers. Well, I want people to be able to look at me. I want to be a helper. So we have this growth mindset. And we have this picture of the Grinch. And if you're not familiar with the Grinch, it's a uh, book based on uh, the Christian tradition of Christmas written by Dr. Seuss, and it's called The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Um, and he, I think that he's a despicable being, um, and he's green. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, green, energetically. I always look for these things. Um, well, frankly, green is a healing energy, and the arc of the story is that um, the Grinch takes all material goods away from the Who's down in Whoville from their community. He takes all their goods away um, and thinks he's stolen Christmas and only to find out that Christmas isn't about materialism or, or anything. It's just about coming together, which is very much on brand for Dr. Seuss, which is, he, who is a, he was, wrote children's books, but he was very much a humanitarian. Um, and what happened was he heard song. He heard them singing. He thought he would hear screaming and shouting and crying and tears. And that was going to just fill up his ugly, small heart just to make him feel hurting more. He's the embodiment, I guess you could say, um, the Grinch looking back is a personification of a traumatized being. He further abused others. He made bad decisions and he took joy. And the book is written in such a, a way that you can really understand his joy. You can see his joy in stealing other people's gifts from them. If you see all the metaphors there, they're clear as can be for me. And so he took, he took joy in that and he took joy in re-traumatizing himself. It like charged him up to just keep re-traumatizing himself. And then finally the collective came together, held hands and sang anyway, because even with all the symbols lost, um, they didn't need any of the material goods. They just needed to sing. So it's an easy story. It's a um, child story. 
uh, children's book, it doesn't involve murder and systematic traumatization, which is what we're really talking about here when we talk about race. And when we talk about the heart, but the truth is, is that the human heart heals and the human heart cannot be broken. It's a squishy little thing. And these guys, the Judy Bats, their song doesn't um, end until they get to their very last verse. Um, And they come back and they do another verse about souls. So hearts cannot be broken, but their verse on souls. Souls cannot be taken. They're large and they're loud. And yours is merely whispering lately. Seems it's shrinking. I wish it would speak. I'd sing it to you if I could. First of all, I don't think I, I'm, I'm that spot on. Um, and secondly, I don't know if it would, if it would flag a copyright to sing it. Um, I don't really know, but, um, hearts cannot be broken and souls cannot be taken. And I want to say one last thing about dropping into music. Allow yourself to be healed by music because music has a way of circumventing the ego mind and just allowing us to be moved with the pulse of the heartbeat. I'm very um, fascinated by music, not being a musician myself. I'm a consumer of music. I love listening to music. And all of the things I talk about could probably be summed up in like one or two good songs written by a great songwriter played by a beautiful musician. Um, I'm just adding to the story here, but find yourself. Well, I found myself listening to the band America. It's the band is called America, um, from the seventies. And, uh, they have a, they have a, um, it's just the coincidences. I've talked about it enough in other episodes. So just know when I'm preparing for these podcasts, I get some pretty serious downloads um, to put all the pieces together. Today, I'm just reaching out for the heart chakra. But of course, I'm listening to the band called America and looking at the lyrics for a song called Tin Man. And um, they make a reference to the Wizard of Oz. So another beautiful children's book cultural reference And Oz never did give nothing to the Tin Man that he didn't already have, is the line. Some of you can hear the song when I say that. Oz never did give nothing to the Tin Man that he didn't, didn't already have. Right? (laughs) All right. So I could just sing for the rest of the podcast, but that changed me fundamentally. And we know the Tin Man. Tin Man was on the journey with Dorothy. Tin Man was on the journey with Dorothy to find a heart. Dorothy was trying to find her way home. Lion was trying to find courage. Um, the Scarecrow was trying to find a brain. And the Tin Man was trying to find a heart. So here we are, children's stories teaching our small, squishy hearts to grow. And when you... Think forward into your week. 
I want you to think about the um, idea that, you know, the Who's never give, gave anything more to the Grinch either. His heart was already there. It just needed to grow. And try to find more stories. Try to find more stories in your day. But the most important story is your own. And say, ooh, I thought my heart was small. I thought my heart was breakable like glass. Sure, it can bruise. It can bruise, but it can heal. And that's the energy of the fourth chakra. Um, I'll be moving on to the energy of the fifth chakra next, which is like, yeah, that will be that will be great because that's voice and listening and hearing and all of that. But the 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 how you take things in and how you speak things out and how you express yourself that's the that's the fifth chakra. But the fourth chakra, here we are. We're just here, here on the map again, here on the map again of the fourth chakra. Beautifully timed. May we never move backwards. May we continue to reach out with our arms. That's part of the heart chakra. Reach out. Reach out and write. I say this to my writing community. Get writing. Get speaking from the heart. Uh, Fill yourself up. Um, And, oh, the heart energy is green. There's the Grinch. Dr. Seuss knew what he was doing all along. We're all a bunch of Grinches waiting for our heart to grow four sizes bigger. I'm Hillary Crowley, and welcome to all of this, this beautiful heart chakra energy. And I want to thank you all for being here. Um, Stay with the heart. It's with you. I talked about it today, but I hope it opened your heart a bit. And remember to stay in your good energy. I, I want to thank you all, and I hope you have a beautiful day. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please hit the five stars. Please keep tuning in. Please share it with your friends. Um, my book is coming out. It's been delayed, uh, but it's going to be coming out in February of 2021. My heart broke wide open when I got that news because I'm grateful that it's still happening and I'm grateful to um, have more time to prepare. And we need more time anyway because I've got to get to the fifth, sixth, and seventh chakra as we move through this beautiful time in history. Thank you all so much for tuning in and take care.